0: Welcome to Europe Now on France 24 and welcome to Germany, a founding state of the European Union, its biggest member by population and its biggest economy. Now we've brought you to Trier, the oldest city in Germany. This gate that you see behind me dates back to Roman times and has borne witness to 2,000 years of history. Well, today Germany finds itself at a political turning point. It's Chancellor of 16 years Angela Merkel bowing out after her party notched up its lowest vote score in history at the latest federal election, giving way to a three-party coalition that's never been tried before. The Social Democrats, Greens and Liberals come to office promising big things. Among them, more drastic action on climate change, a big priority, particularly in this region, which suffered devastating and deadly floods in the summer of 2021. Well, we're going to be taking you around this region as people here continue to try and pick up the pieces from their country's worst natural disaster in over half a century. First, though, will it be stop? or go for the new traffic light coalition. Let's take you through some of the key decisions so far. All change,
1: or more of the same. The end of the Merkel era as Olaf Scholz becomes the new German chancellor. In late 2021, Scholz's SPD party handed Merkel's CDU its worst defeat in decades. But Scholz, who also served as Merkel's vice chancellor since 2018, could be seen as a natural successor. It's a political first for Germany – the three-way so-called traffic light coalition, led by the SPD along with the Greens and the Liberal FDP. And in another first, Scholz's cabinet is gender-balanced, with the ministerial portfolios evenly split between men and women. After a strong election performance, the Greens emerged with a super ministry for the economy and climate protection. With a 10 billion euro budget, its key aims are to end coal use by 2030 and reach carbon neutrality by 2045. But the Greens won't have free reign to fund their environmental ambitions. The pro-business FDP will have control of the finance ministry. Other major issues for the new government? Fighting inequality. Exacerbated by the pandemic and inflation. One proposal is a new €12 an hour minimum wage. The new coalition could also be more forceful than Merkel on issues like rule of law for EU member states. This unique three-way coalition will require a delicate balancing act from the new chancellor. He has four years to make his mark.
0: So those are the plans. But what do people in this region want and expect from their new government? Let's find out.
2: Whatever
3: happens,
1: we need better climate policies. I want to have a successful government,
2: for the three parties to do a good job. Germany is an immigration country, we have to say that loud and clear. So if we take people in, we have to integrate them.
0: I hope we'll keep having committed people in charge, keep up our good standard of living and be able to offer that good life to others. Of course I want us to welcome many more people to Germany.
2: I'm optimistic that there will be good changes, long-lasting changes that will be positive for the future.
4: My name is Katharina Wally. I'm a Social Democrat member of the European Parliament. I'm its vice president and a former minister in the government's Merkel 3 and 4. Well, Trier is a very special place in Germany. First of all, it's the oldest town. Uh, it was a very important place during the Roman times. It's the place where Karl Marx was born, and of course he had a great influence uh, worldwide. Let's
0: talk about uh, the recent election. Your party, of course, came out on top. What's going to be different under an SPD-led Germany? First of all, the whole approach towards the
4: topic of respect. This was one of the, the, the big headlines of Olaf Scholz' campaign and, of course, respect has to do a lot um, with people, just average people. And I think they will be much more in the focus of attention, the Liberals and the Greens, with us in this coalition. So this is a very new constellation. It's the same constellation that we have in our state here in Rheinland-Pfalz, the only uh, one at the moment, and I'm very optimistic that this will be a good coalition.
0: In 2017, after the previous election, the Greens and the Liberals tried to go into coalition with Angela Merkel's party. Now that fell apart before it started because those two smaller parties couldn't agree with each other. As you said, they're now in coalition with the SPD. Why would it work better this time round?
4: Olaf Scholz is a Chancellor who works in a very cooperative style, so from the very first day he said we have to be not friends, but good colleagues, and that will be definitely different.
0: A big policy focus uh, is climate, especially after scientists said that those devastating floods in the summer which hit this region particularly badly, uh, were made worse by climate change. Uh, just on the flood recovery itself, how's that going? The floods really were devastating for this whole region of Bad
4: neuenahr and um, of course it will take a long time until everything has been rebuilt. But a lot of money has been put into recovery. I think it will take a very long time for people to regain security and to re-plan how we can cope um, with this kind of event, because we will see that uh, more often.
0: There are of course a lot of people still right now in temporary accommodation wondering if they will in fact ever be able to get back to houses that are very close to rivers, they might not get insurance. When will they know? Is it possible to know? We will have to have scientists looking
4: at where should you actually not rebuild houses because if we know that this kind of of, uh, weather phenomenon will appear more frequently then we have to construct and build and plan differently. So I think we really have to be very cautious, even if that means for some people that they have to rebuild their houses elsewhere.
0: On the causes of climate change, Germany is the biggest carbon emitter in the European Union. Uh, it's Also, they've got a lot of jobs linked to quite polluting industries as well. The new coalition uh, is promising to get out of coal power by the year 2030. How is that going to be compensated in terms of energy production and also jobs? Well,
4: we are investing a lot in, in renewables. Of course that is the future, but for example for our chemical industry that is not enough. Um, we have in our state of rheinland um a, a huge chemical industry. We need uh, to, to invest in, in hydrogen power and that is I think the big task that this
0: government has to face and that it will fa- face with investments in research
4: and, and production.
0: On a broad economic question, uh, the coalition promising to raise the minimum wage here in Germany. Now, the Bundesbank, which normally stays out of political commentary, predicting this is going to increase inflation and actually cancel out benefits for some of the poorer people in Germany. This
4: raise, the significant raise of the minimum wage is one of the big, big achievements of the Social Democrats in this election and in this government. So I'm very proud of this. Raising from to 12 euros, that's a big, big step. And it's necessary. We are a rich country. We can afford this. When we introduced the minimum wage, not even 10 years ago, there were experts, conservative experts, of course, economical experts who predicted all sorts of things that, um, that a lot of companies would go abroad or go bankrupt. Nothing like that happened. And I'm sure um, the prediction of the Bundesbank uh, will be just as wrong. Katerina Bali, thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Social Democratic Party, now leading Germany's coalition government, of course, had its roots in the philosophies of Karl Marx and in the labour movements of the mid 19th century as Germany was rapidly industrialising. Well, Germany, of course, still very much an industrial powerhouse today, but as we discussed with Katerina Bali, big changes are on the way. Most notably, an exit from coal power by the year 2030, eight years earlier than promised by Angela Merkel's government. Our reporter, Luke Brown, has been to investigate.
3: The open opencast mine 30 kilometres from Düsseldorf, an area half the size of Paris, chewed up to extract brown lignite coal. The dark side of industrial Germany's hunger for energy. For environmental activists, this is one of the front lines in the fight against climate change. So this is um, the open pit mine. That's where they dig, they dig the lignite and um, they burn it right over there. All the mines in the area and the power plants together are the biggest source of CO2 in whole Europe. The activists call this site a zone to defend. Here they live in tree houses, which will make any future evacuation by the police and security forces more difficult.
1: Over there, up there you can see
4: a
3: small platform, which is quite uncomfortable with wind and bad weather. And that's why we need to construct a more solid much bigger platform. Since 2006, the mine has displaced 12,000 people. But in the woods and homes around the site, a resistance movement has sprung up. Five villages have been saved. Here in Luzerat, one local farmer has appealed against the court ruling condemning his land to the diggers. And activists like Indigo have decided to act where the government is dragging its feet. It says 1.5 degrees means that Luzerat stays um, Yeah, to like show that it's actually insane to continue burning coal if our governments have agreed to limit the global warming on under 1.5 degrees. The Garzweiler mine was supposed to be in use until 2045, but its closure could come by 2030, in line with new government targets. The mine's operator is investing over 10 billion euros in renewables to compensate. Germany's last deep coal mine closed in 2018, but coal still represents a third of Germany's energy mix, three times the EU average. In the region of North Rhine-Westphalia, balancing the economy with the environment is a delicate task. The new SPD-led governing coalition in Berlin has promised to end coal usage by 2030, but in Dusseldorf, the SPD insists that it mustn't penalise the local economy.
2: The most important condition is that new jobs must be created for the mining sector. We need new industries and new jobs in the Rhine region. We cannot be in the situation where our businesses and households find themselves suddenly without electricity. Germany still has over 50
3: operational coal power stations. Datel 4 is the most recent, it only opened in 2020. Its operator insists it's much cleaner than older stations. But last year, a regional tribunal ruled that the datellen plant was illegal. That could see the 1.5 billion euro site demolished. For Friends of the Earth, it's a sign of a clearer, cleaner future.
2: We're expecting the federal government to act decisively, because if the objectives of the Paris Accords to protect the climate are to be reached, we must end by no later than 2030 the use of coal to produce electricity, and the Dateln
3: 4 plant must be closed as soon as possible. For now, Datteln 4's fate remains undecided. But to reach the coalition's goal of a so-called coal exit by 2030, Berlin wants renewables to make up 80% of its energy mix, almost double the current level.
0: Well, from the industrial heartland of that report to Frankfurt, Germany's financial heartland, also home to the European Central Bank. We've brought you to this city to meet our next guest. He's from Angela Merkel's party, now in the opposition.
2: Hello, welcome to Frankfurt. My name is Michael Gala. I'm a member of the European Parliament from the European People's Party, Christian Democrats. Frankfurt is the coronation site of the German emperors, of the old empire. And uh, it has always been a very international city with its fair that has been going back almost a 1,000 years.
0: Your party, the CDU, just ended 16 years leading the government with just one chancellor at the helm for all that time, famously. What's the legacy of those years?
2: Well, I think uh, Angela Merkel, when she started in 2005, she was almost from the beginning confronted with the first crisis. We had just uh, lost the referenda on the European constitution. We had the, the sovereign debt crisis. Mm. We had, uh, it was a, a sequence of crises in a way that she had to address. And I think overall uh, with her co-leadership in Europe, uh, I think we managed relatively well these crises also in comparison to other parts of the world.
0: Many German voters have told us that the last 16 years under Angela Merkel brought them some welcome stability through various crises. But also a sense of stagnation perhaps towards the end and the new traffic light coalition is bringing in a lot of liberal ideas like uh, legalising recreational cannabis for example. Do you welcome this shake-up?
2: I mean, after 16 years, people wanted a change and, uh, uh, in a democracy that has to be accepted. And we are, as a party, we are not completely out. We hold a strong position in the federal county, the second legislative chamber. We have always been constructive, even in opposition, on, on major issues. Mm-hmm. And we are not completely out of the political game.
0: I'd like to look at uh, the deadly floods that swept through Western Germany just a few months ago in 2021. The new coalition is promising quite more drastic uh, action on climate policies. Uh, In light of those floods, do you welcome this more drastic action?
2: Well, I think uh, we have to address this challenge. Germany as a strong, economically strong country can face and address more serve by example also for others in this european union but uh, in Germany we had are- responsible for a maximum 2% of the global CO2 emissions. So even when we end up at 60% reduction, that is a bit more than 1%, which might unfortunately have been compensated, overcompensated in a negative sense by the Chinese and others.
0: I want to look at uh, relations between Europe and Russia. Angela Merkel famously uh, had a somewhat better relationship with Vladimir Putin than a lot of world leaders. With hindsight, though, given everything that's been happening, particularly regarding Belarus, you. Should she have been tougher?
2: I'm pretty sure behind the scenes she has been much tougher because she had no illusions about him. At some point she said he lives in his own world and indeed I think she is right in this regard. Although uh, with regard to this very specific project that is in the agenda, on the agenda, uh, this North Stream 2 project, I think we Germans have inflicted on ourselves quite some questions and uh, doubts from our, many of our partners, even transatlantic partners and European partners, uh, because I'm personally also convinced this project has been purely initiated by Putin a year after the aggression against Ukraine uh, as a political move to bypass Ukraine, to weaken the country, to have a freer shooting range, to put it this way, as we speak when we see the march up of uh, the lineup of Russian troops yet again at the Ukrainian border.
0: Gala, thank you very much much for your time. Well, that's it for this part of the programme. I hope you join us in part two. We'll be heading north from here, right into the part of Germany that saw very bad flooding, where people are still suffering a great deal. Do stay with us here on Europe Now.